What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the show about sports. I'm your host, Griffin Brock, and as you know, there's been a lot going on in the NFL. So coming up on this episode, we're going to talk about Zach Martin getting that deal done with the Cowboys. Zeke to the Patriots. That's interesting. Dalvin Cook bolstering the Jets' running back room. And Jadavian Clowney on the move again? I mean, it feels like he's moved around a lot. And last but not least, let's go over some offensive and defensive rookie of the year odds and favorites because the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft just got named as the starters and everyone's freaking out about which one of them are going to win the rookie of the year on offense. And I'm here to tell you, I don't think it's going to be any of them. And I'll explain why. If you aren't already following me, follow me on threads. That's where you'll get all of my content before I even talk about it on this podcast, my quick hitting thoughts and opinions on things. Griffin underscore proc. You can find me on threads. Also, thank you to everyone that's been downloading this podcast and following it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. The, the support has been unreal, and I just really appreciate it. We're over like 115 downloads as of recording this, and that's just through the first three episodes, that's more than I could ask for. So thank you. Thank you so much. Share this with a friend. Follow along. Leave a review. Rate it. That really helps it on the platform. It takes like five seconds to do that. Let me know how you think about it. You don't even have to give me a five star. I get it. I'm not a five star, I just started. So if you wanna give me something less than that, I completely understand. But I hope that I can change your mind as I continue to do this. So let's go over some breaking news and some rookie of the year odds. But first, let's just uh, finish the intro here. (laughs) Okay, like I talked about in that weird intro, you know, still working out the intros and outros, so just work with me here, you know? Just try to enjoy a little bit of humor. Whatever I keep trying, I'm gonna figure out something. But like I was talking about, a lot of news headlines in this past couple weeks, and that is because, you know, the preseason's out and running. Teams are really getting a look at what they have and what they specifically don't have, and teams are making judgment calls on making signings of a lot of these free agents that have been sticking around. I know we saw some early ones like DeAndre Hopkins going to the Titans, but then we've seen some more uh, free agents take their time, and they ha- they all power to them. There's no need to rush this because you want to be valued and paid for what you want, especially these running backs that we're going to be discussed here. Plus, there's also just some players that are a little disgruntled and don't feel like they're being paid or in the right situation. So we're going to go over the, the top four stories that are kind of going on today in terms, in order that I think it is of importance. And I think this story is being underreported because it's a non-sexy position. And when I say that, I mean offensive alignment. And Zach Martin got a deal done with the Cowboys. Now, the deal that he wanted probably was more. He's getting paid now the third most out of all guards in the NFL. But I think that is perfect for this eight-time Pro Bowler uh, here that, in my opinion, might be one of the best players in the NFL. Right up there with maybe one of the best guards in the NFL, let alone offensive line tackles. I know guards aren't as important as left or right tackles but at the end of the day you got to block for your QB so I think they're all very very important so but here's the interesting thing about this Jerry Jones the owner of the Cowboys obviously is a super vocal uh, owner as you all know and some of you might like that some of you might not what I don't like is his willingness to kind of get out a message really quick without really thinking about it and he was upfront and told the media and told Zach, even though they weren't meeting, that he wasn't going to budge on these numbers because they got to pay other people. And they've been paying other people all offseason. Both their cornerbacks, Diggs uh, and Hooker, got signed to more ex- max extensions. And he specifically mentioned Micah Parsons needs to get paid. Now, 
that's kind of funny for him to say Michael Parsons needs to get paid because they do have the salary cap and they will be able to figure it out and move pieces eventually if they need to get Micah under a deal for long term. But I don't think that was the right thing to say to Zach Martin. I would understand saying that to Dak Prescott because he's been a little inconsistent and he's your QB and that's super important. So if he's inconsistent, it's okay to kind of have a stance on that. But Zach Martin is by all accounts, your most important player and has been the most important player on your team and in the NFL over the last eight seasons. And I think he just came to his senses. I know they had like discussions and they talked and that's when they really had a come to Jesus moment where they were able to get a deal done. But I really think it was, he was trying to flex his, his Dallas guns, Martin was like, whatever, I've made a ton of money in my career and I'll keep making money. Someone will pay me if I don't play and we this goes sour. So Zach did the right thing by putting his uh, hat into the ring and going toe-to-toe with Jerry and he won because, and, and he won in the sense that I think he's still paid exactly where he should be. Yes, he's a little bit older, but I still think, I've not heard one thing about Zach Martin slowing down in the news and he just continues to go to Pro Bowls and continues to be the... Uh, poster child for consistency and I think with all this offseason stuff the two or three weeks that Zach Martin was holding out the Cowboys kind of struggled and when I say struggled I mean in practices people love getting a hold of footage of practices of specifically teams like the Cowboys they like to make it a point to be like oh Dak looks to be under throwing people players oh interceptions oh like the running game is like kind of working. What? How are they going to use Tony Pollard versus Deuce Vaughn? Like C.D. Lamb's making some catches, but haven't really seen his name in the news. The defense sounds like there's a lot of pressure on them to kind of lead the way for the team as the offense continues to get their new footing with the new offensive coordinator. So I, it's just, I think Jerry Jones was like, we let Dak and I think, I think, uh, the coach, uh, McCarthy, had a big say in this as well. And again, when I say big say, I mean not that big, but like he probably said to Jerry, we need some more blocking because right now Dak's looking bad and he's not even actually getting sacked. So I think Jerry was like, okay, wait, we do need to block for him because Tyron Smith on the left tackle, right tackle side, whichever side he plays, and then Smith the the second year, it, one of them is going to get hurt. The other one's still young. It's almost a foregone conclusion that Tyrone Smith can't make it a full season. So the least you can do is block the middle. So Dak can move up in the pocket a little bit. So I think he realized the importance that if this is that year and everyone's saying it by all accounts, this is that year, the Cowboys have to take that step or it might become too late out of the window. I never thought they were actually in the window. I thought they had good pieces, but I really think they couldn't have, they don't have everything to put it together, but and a lot of that falls on Dak, unfortunately, and the money that they spent with Zeke. But I think that is just where they're at. And I just can't look. I, look, I saw this crazy stat today where, according to the Cowboys, and again, this is according to the Cowboys. So it was a it was a tweet that this guy did a couple, I think it was last year. He was like, Martin has more Pro Bowl selections, seven at the time, than he has holding penalties in his whole career, which was five. Now, again, that might be a little fibbed, but I doubt it's far from the truth. That's how good he is. I remember playing Madden growing up, and everyone that's played Madden knows this. Zach Martin pops to the top of the list like when you're doing a fantasy draft, and you're like, 
dang, I should probably pick him, but then you end up like drafting Michael Vick or like Lamar Jackson or something. <laughs> Just get like super good quarterbacks with your first pick, even though you could have got them later on. That's how important Zach Martin's been for the Cowboys and for the league. Like he is like the most important person on that team. So I thought it was interesting. Everyone was kind of pushing back and forth. Nobody's talking about it enough, but Zach Martin, I'm glad he got a deal done. I'm glad he's back in training camp and he's just going to step right in. He's been training this whole time anyways. And so I have no, no concern there, but I think if this didn't happen and we went into the season and Dak was throwing more interceptions, getting sacked more than normal, this would have became an issue. But now if he's throwing interceptions, it's going to be more on Dak and not because of blocking. Yes, they have other you know issues where blocking could uh, fall to the wayside, but it's not going to be Zach Martin's fault. And I'm excited to see him back on the field this year and get the money that he deserves because I don't, I don't agree with this whole he's been paid at the top, so... We've paid him a long time, so we don't need to pay him anymore. If he's still at the top, you still have to pay him. That's that's a free market right there, and he knows his value and he got his value. So, love it. That's the first story. Second story, another cowboy, well, ex-cowboy now, Ezekiel Elliott signed with the Patriots for a one-year deal up to six to seven million dollars. Now, let's just be upfront here, right? This isn't. We're not all betting, hey, Patriots to the Super Bowl now, right? No. But I love Zeke. He is a marquee player. He's a bulldozer. He'll, he's still got the power. He doesn't really have the juice. And when I say juice, I mean his right-to-left speed, his kind of after-one-hit speed. He's kind, of a, he's kind of a missile. If he's going one way, he's going to maybe bounce off a player or two. But him and Ramondre, Ramondre Stevens play very similar styles, so I think they're going to be a good complement to each other to just be able to be each of them. One of, one of them is a three-down back for one drive. One's the next for the next drive. I think they'll be very interchangeable. And Zeke has been a very decent pass, uh, pass catcher in his career. So I expect him to be utilized in different ways for Mac Jones slash maybe Bailey Zappi to, for a lot of check down action, like he kind of was uh, on the Cowboys. Now, a lot of people are like, this isn't a good move. It's not like he's just going for value. Like that's how it is. I think this was more of a business decision on the Patriots part than a player acquisition to become a Super Bowl team acquisition i know i just said acquisition twice that that was formulating as i said it but you know what i mean he when i said marquee player not just because of his talent a couple of years ago but because he might be one of the most recognizable players in the nfl i looked this up the the other day he has like one of the most all-time jersey sales over the past couple of years like ezekiel elliott sells jerseys he gets people into seats he gets people to training camp and you might be laughing like, does he really get people in the seats? Think about how crazy the Dallas fans were about Zeke. Like They loved him till the end, even when he was struggling. Because he's got that aura about him. And I think the Patriots fans need something to cheer about. And the, I mean, they got the all like TikTok team, for lack of a better word. They got Juju and they got Zeke. Two super social media, high profile guys. And so I think both of those acquisitions are kind of get butts into seats because of their names. And so, and and at the end of the day, Bill's trying to save his job. And the way he won back in the day is a really good run offense with Tom Brady's, you know, pinpoint passing when need be, when he had good receivers. But a lot of it relied on the run. So I think a two, two running pack uh, workhorse is a good is a good way to do things in the NFL today because 
every team that you look at has two running backs now. You there's no just one running back. You could maybe say like Derrick Henry, but even him, he's gonna slow down eventually. And it's not this year for everyone underrating Derrick Derrick Henry. Huge fan of Derrick Henry and his stiff arms here. But this isn't gonna move the needle. Bill knows that. I think Robert Kraft knows that. The whole team knows that. But Zeke will be a good another option in offense for a very weak offense. So that's kind of my thoughts on Zeke. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he found a roster is getting paid. Very value, very normal value for the running backs right now. So that's kind of my thoughts on Zeke to the Patriots. Now, if Ramadre Stevens fantasy uh, owners, I mean, of him on his t- on their teams. Again, this is why your manager needs to be fired unless this is a rollover league because why are you drafting before literally the night before the first game of the season like you should not be drafting right now like there's dudes with contracts that are still sitting out there's hurt people there's free agents like (laughs) i don't feel bad about this one because i kind of said in my first couple podcasts ramondre stevens value i think is too high we're overrating him he could be great and i could be wrong but i don't feel wrong on this one he's getting rated higher than derrick henry and nick chubb and you tell me what you feel about that but i think that's a little ambitious and so I just saw a super funny meme of like the stranger things when uh, the kid that always gets possessed by the Demogorgon or whatever is in the backseat in the latest season and he's like crying to the window and, and like his friend is just like looking at him all funny while he's crying and that's the meme. It's like fantasy owners right now when Dalvin Cook and uh, Zeke got signed to new teams like Ramondre Stevens and Brees Hall owners are just like crying right now. And that's not your fault. You guys thought you had it locked up. You maybe didn't read the rumor mill that these guys were coming to your teams, but that fantasy owner needs to be fired. I'm here to tell you that right now. Okay, speaking of Dalvin Cook, that deal has also been finalized. He's going to the Jets, people. And let me just say, the Jets are are loaded now. I know what you're going to say. What What's their wide receiver? Oh, I'm sorry, Garrett Wilson, the number one rookie of the year last year on offense. Yeah, their offense is loaded. I don't remember a time when Aaron Rodgers needed more than one wide receiver to be good. Do you remember Devontae Adams? And then when Jordy Nelson was around and then when Greg Jennings, he always had his favorite. He always had his favorite. So I think this is perfect for them for multiple reasons. So Brees Hall is coming off the ACL. He's been activated the day after Dalvin Cook got signed. Now you might be thinking, oh, He's mad. He wants to get back on the field. No, this is just like a. they're going to get him some reps now. He's able to start practicing, but they're able to slowly get him reps because Dalvin Cook's there. He's healthy, and he's coming off of a great season. So what they're going to do is have Dalvin run a little bit. It's going to be a nice, friendly competition. Brees Hall might be on limited snap count the first couple of games, and that's okay. And as a Jets fan, you should be happy about that. And as a fantasy owner, you should be happy about that as well. They're going to take their time, and it's going to be the most lethal one-two punch in the NFL. I've been a Brees Hall fan since college when I saw him at Iowa State, and I knew this man was going to be big time. And if I started this earlier, I totally would have thread threaded that comment when I was watching him like put up like 200 yards in a college game. I was like, this man is a man. Like He's going to run over people in the NFL like he's doing in college. And that's what we saw. He only played in five games last year. In those five games, he had four touchdowns, one in each of those games, and averaged 78 yards a game. That's a high-end running back right there. And he could catch the ball. He had, like, one game where he had two catches for 100 yards. 
And then Dalvin Cook, everyone's like, Dalvin Cook must be falling off because like the Vikings didn't want him anymore. Well, they couldn't afford him anymore. That's really what it came down to. So Dalvin decided to go, you know, test the market. But he played every game last year, had 17 regular season games. He had eight touchdowns and 1,700 yards. I've seen Dalvin Cook firsthand. I said this in, the, in my, my first podcast when we talked about running backs on the move and where they might land. We, he literally would bully the Seahawks when I was growing up watching them play. Like I literally watched a game where he single-handedly beat us because he put up like 200 rushing yards. And he's still got that juice in him. He's still in his prime. And Brees Hall is entering his prime because he's young. So I think you can't name a better running back tandem. You might be like, oh, like what about Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell? Well, you could maybe say Christian McCaffrey. But can we really say Elijah Mitchell is better than one of the two on the Jets? No, I don't think so. People then go to Kamara and Williams. Well, Williams had a really good one-hit year one-hit wonder last year with the Lions. I don't think that's going to continue on this year. And Kamara is great, but he's kind of teetered these past couple years. I'd take Dalvin Cook last year, and I'd take Brees Hall last year because I had Kamara on my fantasy team, by the way, and I was underwhelmed. And there's no, nothing, nothing against either of those players. I just think there's nobody out there that has a better tandem. You might be able to say, this is why one comparison is the Aaron Jones and... uh A.J. Dillon from Green Bay because that's the ones who punch. They have the speedy Jones, and then they have the the brute force Dillon. And this is kind of like that. Even though Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook are both kind of a good hybrid, there's, they're not one or the other. They can do both. I think this is perfect because I just mentioned Green Bay, and that's what they're doing in New Jersey right now. And I call them the New Jersey Nets because they're not really in New York. But – Aaron Rodgers thrived when he had two running backs so that could do it all and that could take the load off, block, and do everything else in between. And these two are those people. So, yes, it's going to be slow. We're going to see how it works out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin Cook picks up where he left off. If they can establish the run or be able to help block for their weak uh, offensive line, oh, the sky's the limit for the Jets. And I've been high on the Jets this whole offseason. I think it's going to be a better season than most are expecting, which is above nine and a half. According to the odds, I'm hitting the over on that um, in a division that's kind of kind of open right now for them to take that next step with the Bills on this kind of standby watch. But that's enough about them. Excited to see those two. Really want to draft one of those two in my fantasy league as an RB2 if I can. But then let's go into the last breaking news topic of this week. And it's not really breaking news because nothing's really happened yet. But I saw a couple threads and tweets about this and uh, – Thought it was interesting. So, Jadavian Clowney has stated at the end of last year that he 95% probably won't be with the Browns again next year, and as in this year, and 5% could. And now that we're kind of reaching training camps and preseason and everything, it sounds like he's going to be on the move as the Browns are going to mutually want to depart from him and he wants to go somewhere where, in his words, he will feel valued value that's an interesting you know statement coming from him because he has he was the number one draft pick i mean this man it as i would say hasn't necessarily lived up to the expectations of a number one draft pick and hasn't been scrutinized enough for him in my opinion because if you think about it 
he did have his best years right out the gate on the Texans. And that's great. And that's why I don't think he's a bust by any means. But his attitude towards football has really changed. And I feel like I can comment on this a little bit because he joined the Seahawks for a short while. So I got to really watch him up close. And when he came out of college, he was this man amongst boys in college and was just going to dominate people and just literally blew up that Michigan running back. And people were like, there's no way he doesn't work out in the NFL. But then there was this couple analysts that were like, yeah, he's a big, strong dude that will make his way and rely on athleticism early on in his career. But if his technique doesn't get better, he's not going to thrive once his body starts slowing down and your body starts slowing down quicker than any, any other sport in football. And now that he's entering, you know, age is upper twenties, early thirties, that production has really gone down. And I know there's a lot more factors into this, but I feel like I've specifically for this Brown situation, but I feel like this has been going on ever since his first couple of moves, specifically to the Seahawks. And then his first years at Jadavian clan, I mean, at the Browns. So if you think about, he just doesn't really have that leader mentality like a Fletcher Cox or a Calais Campbell or an Aaron Donald or a Chris Jones or, you know, he's just kind of talented, but there, but then like takes plays off and you can't really tell what's wrong with him or he just has bad games and you're kind of like, but he's Jadavian Clowney. So the name just jumps off the the page and you always think he's doing better than what is like, there's no way his stats are bad, but let me tell you, his stats are not good. They're not good. Here's last season's stats solo tackles 20 that tied for 56th assist tackles five that tied for 81st sacks he only had three which tied for 83rd and then force fumble he was able to get one which tied for 27th now in arguably the most important position on defense the edge rusher do the does that sound like good metrics I wouldn't say that was all according to PFF in an offense that had Miles Garrett on the other side. So you would think all the attention would go to Miles Garrett, which would leave unlimited opportunities for Jadavian Clowney to make one solid move and get to the quarterback. That's where the effort part comes in. That's where some of his comments come in that are confusing. He said they, they just didn't value him. They didn't set up the defense around him. Of course they didn't. They have Miles Garrett. They're not, he said they're trying to out there set records and make him a Hall of Famer. He's already a Hall of Famer. I mean, like this man on his own is able to get it. And I'm glad the Browns were moving around the defensive end and would switch sides if they saw a double team to make sure Garrett was in the best position because Garrett has only given full effort and has only provided the Browns with some remblance of success on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't really like Jadavian Clowney's not really taking credit for his mishaps. And I don't really like that. And so that's why I'm worried when he says he wants to go somewhere valued and also a contender. I get worried because I just don't think he's a good locker room guy. He might have used to been when he was on the Texans and was doing really well as a rookie and a young guy, a young kid at the time. But I just feel like that's just kind of worn off a little bit. And I would just, so the Ravens have reportedly extended him an offer. And now I guess the Jags are looking to extend him an offer. Both of which are two teams looking to take that next step with a healthy team, free agents coming in. 
And I would just be careful because he can get expensive and he's declining. And I just don't feel like he loves football the way he used to. And now, Jadavian, if you're hearing this, you're a great player, man. You're a great player. And I know you're not hearing this, but to everyone out there that's like, he's a great player. I agree. He is a great player when he wants to be. And I just don't think he wants to be on 80 snaps in a game, 50 snaps in a game, maybe even 30. So he cannot be your star defensive edge. It would have worked perfect in Cleveland if he would have had a different mindset to it and accepted his new role as kind of the second the second guy. But just didn't work out. So that's Jadavian Clowney. That's my thoughts on that situation. We'll see where he ends up. Alrighty. Let's go into offensive and defensive rookie of the year odds and favorites. As we've seen Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young all been announced as starting QBs for week one. So everyone was like, time to go to the casino, put some money down, FanDuel, MGM, whatever you use, time to put some money down on one of these three guys to win it all. And I don't think any of them are winning it all. And they don't even have the highest odds in terms of offense. Now, here's some stats that might lean you more towards my thinking that I think a lot of us haven't really thought about and I'm glad that I looked into. So in the last 10 years, how many offensive rookie of the years have been quarterbacks? I'll let you take a guess. I'm feeling a lot of people saying six, maybe seven because of just how valued the quarterback position is. But unfortunately, it's only four. And it's been four from a while ago. The last one was Justin Herbert, who luckily landed in probably the best spot out of all the quarterbacks in his draft class being drafted so far into the Chargers locker room midway through the first round. Then it's Kyler Murray. Then it's Dak Prescott. And then it's RG3. The more I said those names, the older these players got. So this hasn't been happening recently. This award in the past couple years has been going to these skill players. And when I say skill players, I'm talking running backs and wide receivers. Why? Because the NFL has moved to such a model where weapons are everything. Specifically wide receivers, as we saw Garrett Wilson won last year, Jamar Chase the year before. you got to throw it to your best guy over and over as much as you can. So these receivers are blowing stats out the window from quarterbacks that they land in great positions. Like, you know, that's just how it lands when you're a wide receiver because you're usually not going in the top 10 picks. So do we really look at Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, and Bryce Young and say, I feel like they could be the next one out of those four that I just named in the last 10 years to win? Because I don't. I worry about Bryce Young. He's small. He's going to get used to the NFL. He's an adult. He's going to figure it out. But can he really you know, make up for those shortcomings. No pun intending, no pun intended there. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit skeptic. There's not a lot of weapons. He's not going to be able to utilize a wide receiver one like most teams. And I mean, the Panthers picked first for a reason. And then also you look at CJ Stroud. I mean, that first game should have told you everything you need to know. The O-line for the Texans is going to be bad. He's going to have no time. He's going to have no one to throw to. It might even be Davis Mills, Case Keenum time as they go through the season, just so D'Amico Ryans gets some wins under his belt and they want to protect CJ. And 
we know we know with Anthony Richardson, he's going to be a project, but he might be the best bet out of those three because of his dual threat ability. He's really going to be able to do what Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts did, but I'm worried about he's kind of a gunslinger. Like that interception in the first preseason game was just off balance, looked one way the whole time and just threw it straight to the defender. I'm worried that's going to happen a lot with the shaky O-line in uh, the Colts locker room and also the you know shaky weapons if Jonathan Taylor doesn't doesn't play for them very much so I just am not sold on any of those guys to win but I am sold on other guys and specifically the favorite right now Bijan Robinson I mean this man is not only the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley but is also healthier than Saquon Barkley and also is catching passes That's how much they need him to do everything in the Falcons' locker room. I'm a little bit worried, though, because Kyle Pitts didn't get a lot of love at tight end, even though he should have with his talent and Arthur Smith really game plans around whatever he wants to game plan around. So I'm a little bit worried. But if we're talking true potential, Bijan Robinson feels like the most gadget guy, secure bet out of all of those. But then you go down the list. It's those three quarterbacks up next. Then it goes to a list of wide receivers. And obviously, Jameer Gibbs is in it for the Lions, but I'd be a little hesitant on that one as I don't know what we're going to get from Jameer Gibbs as I'm never really sold on an Alabama running back right off the gate, especially in an offense that's going to be very pass-heavy. So we look at Jackson Smith. We look at Jordan Addison. We look at Quentin Johnson. I think those three could have huge seasons on their teams. Just think about Jackson Smith. He's coming in to help DK and Lockett get open more. Jordan Addison's going to be the one-two punch to Justin Jefferson and Quentin Johnson's kind of be become the most healthy youthful player on that uh wide receiver depth chart because Mike Williams like we discussed is there he's not there sometimes and Keenan Allen is pretty injury prone but still is good when he has his moments but I feel like Justin Herbert's gonna fall in love with Quentin Johnson so if we're feeling all these bets I just am not putting my money on a QB and that might be the odd man out on this because it's fun to put your money on a QB, but just knowing that Justin Herbert's the last guy to win this means weapons are winning this award. And then there's guys we're not even talking about that could come out of nowhere and just have a great year, like a Jalen Hyatt on the Giants or a Zay Flowers on the Ravens. So that is my guess for Offensive Rookie of the Year and something to take to heart. But then we look at Defensive Rookie of the Year, and that's it's honestly might even be harder to really predict on that side, because obviously the last couple winners have been, you know, can you get to the quarterback? People either love, can you get to the quarterback, edge rusher, defensive tackle, or are you a cornerback that can get a ton of picks like a sauce Gardner? So we look at the draft and we see the odds right now are at Will Anderson, number one. Are we sure he's going to be an edge rusher? Are we sure he's not going to play a little bit of linebacker? Are we sure he's going to have that physicality to match up because people were a little bit worried about that? Now we got Jalen Carter. I mean, he's great and could be the best player in this draft, but is he going to get enough playtime? I mean, Eagles have a lot of defensive front. Do they need him to play every down? Do they still want to work in Jordan Davis, you know, in the same position? It's going to be a toss-up. Is he going to get enough stats to even be considered? And then we got, like, the Christian Gonzalez and the Devon Weatherspoons that I think are going to be the most intriguing here. Those are the two cornerbacks. Uh, Obviously, Christian Gonzalez... And Devon Witherspoon are both just high flyers. They're just coming out of great conferences, playing great football, specifically Christian Gonzalez coming out of Oregon. I'm just excited to see 
where these guys kind of end up on this thing. So if I'm going to put my money on like a fun bet, it would be one of them because people are just in love with cornerbacks right now. And these two are not getting talked about enough. They're the, mo- they're the least talked about cornerbacks in the last couple of drafts. I remember talking about Patrick Sertan and Sauce Gardner a ton. But these guys are kind of getting brushed under the brushed under the the bed here. So those it's going to be interesting on defensive rookie of the year. But if you're going to place a bet, I just remember that people fall in love with the edge and the and the cornerbacks right now. I don't think a linebacker is going to win. Don't think you know a safety is going to win. So take that as you will. And that's kind of my that's kind of my breakdown today. I wanted to keep this one short. I just kind of wanted to go over some initial thoughts as there's been a lot of news lately. And I know people are looking for opinions for their fantasy teams, for their gambling addictions, etc. So I hope you enjoyed that. But yeah, if again, like I said at the beginning, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe, follow it, like it, review it, whatever you want to do. Really appreciate all the support so far, and I hope you guys keep enjoying this as I continue to do more and more of these. I mean, four in one month, I'm having a ball doing this so far. So let me know what type of content you want to see. I really appreciate the support on all the social medias as well for the people that have reached out to me and whatnot. And again, I still don't have an outro, so that's kind of why I'm vamping again. Maybe my maybe my outro will have to be something about vamping and this whole thing. But again, remember just doing this for fun and entertainment. So don't take my opinions too seriously. And if you, if you're an NFL player that just heard all that, again, I'm here to have my opinions changed. So if you want to jump on the pod, let's talk, let's, let's do this thing. So like I've said before, have a great rest of your week and a weekend and uh, enjoy the upcoming labor day around the corner and uh, cheers everyone. <laughs>